This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. Welcome to episode... 44 of the show, and this will be the first episode of our Influence series. Uh, So uh, if you remember from yesterday's episode, if you haven't listened to that, I just invite you to pause this episode quick, go back to tomorrow's episode and get the primer for this, uh, just because it's it's important to kind of see this whole thing in framework and and, and like to get some of the background of why we're doing this. Um, So... Just to quickly review, uh, over the next several episodes, we're going to be going through uh, several different uh, areas of influence and persuasion that you can use. Uh, and part of the reason I wanted to do this was because we hear these principles talked a lot about in the, the market, but usually they're talked about from the marketing standpoint and ways that you can uh, embed influence into your marketing in various different ways. That's all really super important, and there's lots of ways we can do that, and I might talk about that in, in down the road, but I really want to tackle influence from the team leader operator perspective and the things that you are doing on a regular basis with your teams and ways that you can start using influence with your team members on a regular basis and do it in a very natural way, a very um, a way that doesn't feel sleazy because a lot of times when we think of influence, people get weird about it. They get they, they start to think it's icky and gross, and it's not. These are natural things that we're doing uh, within our human existence. Uh, two books I do recommend grabbing if you haven't yet. Get Influenced by Robert Cialdini. And um, the, uh, the, the other book was, sorry, Make Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, both those books should be in your library. If you haven't read them, you need to. And then read them again, and then read them again, and read them again. Uh, they're books that are really timeless in their application and something I just really recommend. So I want to start with a story from The Office. Um, office is my favorite show by far, and there's a lot of different things we can grab from The Office. Uh, there's a particular episode where Dwight brings in bagels. Uh, to everyone, and he's handing out bagels, and has everyone's favorite bagels, and everyone's like, oh, thank you so much, Dwight. Well, what Dwight is doing, and he reveals that, is that he's getting ready to call in a favor from everyone. He's getting to ask them to do something, and so he brought in bagels as a means of sowing the seeds to get what he wants, and it's, uh, I forget what exactly it was. I think it was to try to get Jim fired or something like that. Uh, that was a perpetual thing that went on there for a couple seasons. But Andy completely blows um, Dwight's ask. Basically, Andy receives the bagel and immediately turns around and tries to do something for Dwight. And then Dwight goes, wait, what are you doing? And so Dwight does something else for Andy. Andy reciprocates back again. And this goes on and on and on and on several times. Dwight wants to retain the giver side, but Andy continues to satisfy the equation. So he continues to do stuff for Dwight, which means they're even Steven. And that is not a part of Dwight's plan. So it just, it gets ludicrous. But uh, definitely go back and watch that episode. It's really good. Actually, let me see if I can find out which episode that is. Um... It's quite a thing when Google, you just put Dwight brings bagels, Dwight brings, and it just like comes up immediately. 
It is season six, episode nine of The Office. All right. So let's get into the art of reciprocity, of reciprocation. So what the what this rule says is that we should try to repay in kind what another person has provided us. If someone gives us a favor, we should do one in return. By the virtue of the reciprocity rule, we are obligated to future repayment of favors, gifts, invitations. You know, this is something that is very embedded in our human culture. It's something that Honestly, society wouldn't exist if it weren't for reciprocity, um, and it's really what's given us a competitive advantage, is that we actually train from a very young age our youth and um, everyone in the society to act according to this rule. Um, it's, it's an unwritten rule that people are obligated to do, and to not appeal or not abide by the rule of reciprocity Oh man, there's all sorts of negative implications that are uh, aspired to that. As someone being a moocher or a, an ingrate or someone that's unthankful, ungracious. And we can think of numerous terms. Uh, I like wanker, but you know, I worked for a British company for a while. But there's a general distaste for those who receive and give no effort to return. Uh, so we go to great lengths as human beings to avoid being considered one of these people. It's really overpowering that we feel really compelled to say yes to someone that we are indebted to. All right, so now we know some of the principles behind it. You know, there are so many ways we can use this in our leadership with our teams and with anyone else that we're working with. So just some really simple ways you can do it with your teams uh, consider when someone's coming on board. You're onboarding them into the onto the team. You know, welcome gifts, bringing them in, letting them know, hey, you're welcome here. Yes, you're doing a nice thing to welcome them and give them the company T-shirt and all those things, but you're also starting to trigger reciprocation. They're going to feel compelled to act accordingly and to, you know definitely do things for you. You're paying them for sure, but we're, we're, we're going, uh, we need to go a couple steps beyond the financial transaction and really get, um, trigger this reciprocation because it's going to be much more powerful than just saying, well, you're working the hours, so go do it. All right. So yes. So giving them a gift when they're first coming on board, I like to even schedule that throughout the year where when certain events are coming up, if I know they're coming up, uh, we have a, a small budget for purchasing these kind of gifts for our team members, and we're able to do that on a fairly regular basis. So that works out really well. Um, and a very small thing is just simply remembering important dates in their lives. So remembering their birthday and making a, a deal about it on the company Slack or on your morning uh, call with the team, uh, even uh, anniversaries or my personal favorite one was work anniversaries. We always made a big deal about work anniversaries when people hit their year one, year two, year three with the company, making it a big deal and uh, really showing them that appreciation on that day. Um, a lot comes from that and you really help to not only make them feel special for that day, but you also are then increasing their likelihood of staying even longer because you're showing that appreciation. So people do like to be appreciated, and you're also triggering reciprocity. So one thing I also do is a lot of times we're working with partners. 
So we have various joint venture partners we're working with, and you will have these relationships outside of your team as the company grows. So one thing I'll do frequently is that if someone in my network has an issue that they're coming up with, or they have a question about a specific marketing technique or a team leading technique, I'll jump on a call with them and give them a free coaching session or film a walkthrough from my desk, you know, just a simple screen for a walkthrough and be like, hey man, here's how I do this. It's a really simple thing. It takes almost no time and you do this at no charge. But what are you then triggering? Well, the next time I have a problem that I know one of my partners can help me out with, they're going to be the first people I call. They're going to be the first people I message. Be like, hey man, I remember you said you had a whole lot of success with this. Can you help me out? Because I'm trying that right now. My goodness, <laughs> they're going to jump on because you've already put your best foot forward to help them with an issue. And again, we're talking about an equal exchange with a, a partner. You help them with a problem and now you need help with a problem. Very much help, works out. Uh, I've done that a number of times. Uh, one thing you can offer to do is help promote something they have going on. Uh, this can be very simple. It doesn't even have to occupy your email list. Um, I will have specific partners that I'm on the lookout for that I follow on their social media accounts. And if they happen to be promoting something or making a big push, I will go ahead and share that with my tribe as well. So very small, very easy to do. You really aren't losing anything by doing it. But just taking a moment to say, hey, check this out. Here's what a buddy of mine's doing. You're going to get that reciprocal nature when it's time for you to promote something. Um, there's another thing that Russell Brunson was actually talking about last week when he was building out his Dream 100 list uh, before any pretty much any major launch that they've done at ClickFunnels. Um one way that he got the attention of his Dream 100 people was to send them personalized gifts. So he took a moment to look through their feeds and see what they were interested in. You know, there's a lot that can be held or a lot can be gained by actually taking an interest in someone and sending them something. Uh, it's kind of a forgotten art of, of doing things like that. And I'm becoming a very big component of handwritten letters, a uh, proponent of handwritten letters, I should say. We live in this digital age where everything is either an email or a Voxer or a Loom video or something like that. There's a certain nostalgia when you actually sit down, pull out a pen, and write a card. Write a personal letter to someone. It really helps build that relationship and it shows that this is more than just a transaction for you. You're putting forward your intention, you're putting forward your thoughts, and you're going to get that reciprocated back to you when it's time for you to ask for something. You're building that relationship. So one thing that can also come from this is, you know, all this grows, which is great, like building relationships so that when you have an ask, it's more likely to be reciprocated. It's also observed that the reciprocate, the rule of reciprocation can trigger unfair exchanges. Um is that what you end up asking for is much bigger than what you gave. But because you gave first, it ends up resulting in you having a better chance of getting what you're asking for. There's also an aspect to it that's called the rejection then retreat technique. This is when you use an initial concession as part of an effective compliance technique. And 
So this is where you ask for something large and then scale it down to something smaller. How this was observed in the book by Cialdini was a Boy Scout asked if um, Robert Cialdini would be willing to go to this like Boy Scout campground thing for the night, and Cialdini had no interest in doing that. Well, then the Boy Scout simply said, okay, well, will you buy these two chocolate bars then? <laughs> and Cialdini is like, well, I don't really like chocolate bars, but here I found myself holding two chocolate bars. Like, how did that happen? Because the first request was so large that it ended up triggering that an, an eventual request where he ended up buying the chocolate bars when he had absolutely no interest in doing so. But because of reciprocation, he was much more likely to do that. So how can we do this with our teams? There's two ways I've used it very recently that worked out really nicely. Uh, the first became with simple project management, where start by asking for a big request and then scale it down. So you can ask someone to handle all of one project, but have it in your mind the whole time that you intend on breaking it up and giving them part of the assignment or breaking up the assignment instead of giving them all of it at once. Kind of let them know that all of it is coming or yeah, now that I say that out loud, no, actually ask for the whole thing at once when they get kind of that overwhelmed feeling then you break it down. When you break it down, you've already done the big request. They might have been not too keen on that or not really inspired by that. The smaller request then triggers them saying, okay, I'm willing to do that part of it. All right. Another thing that I recently did was I was, I was asking my team members to stretch into other parts of the company. Uh, long story short, we needed to be making some phone sales you know, that's a whole thing unto itself. And I didn't have the time or the resources to uh, fully hire staff, train up a sales team. Instead, I had to use what we had internal. So I had a sales script all written. I was ready to go. And I knew I had to ask some other people. So I, I asked two of my team members if they were comfortable with this. And this, like it triggered like immediate uncomfortableness in them. They were not ready to do this. What I ended up doing was I scaled it down to where they were uh, helping to answer some of the emails and the questions that, that we were fielding. They helped me to review the calls afterwards um, to see where I could improve because I ended up doing the, the, the sales calls, which was great for me anyway. It was the first time we did it. And honestly, in retrospect, it should have been me doing that because it was our first time and we we're definitely in a beta version of those sales scripts. So I learned a lot and I was able to scale it down to bring them on board. And now they, they have a much more competent view into the sales process and how things work. So the, the final thing I really want to go over is that as leaders, we need to recognize this rule. It's no one's fault when they ask for something from us. You know, there are people that will deliberately plan out ways to trigger the rules of reciprocation. I hope you're one of them now. Like, actually think this through and think of ways where you can utilize human psychology to get what you ultimately want. That being said, we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware of reciprocation and shield ourselves from it. Basically, just recognize that people are going to invoke the reciprocation rule to gain our compliance. They're not the enemy. The rule is the enemy. So we need to take steps to diffuse its energy, to prevent ourselves from being triggered by reciprocation and instead being emboldened 
to be the leaders in our organization. So, you know, I take steps to like not accept gifts. Definitely never turn to my employees during times of duress. I go for colleagues or higher ups in the organizations I work with. You know, I'm not going to allow a subordinate to be able to trigger that rule of reciprocation with me. Instead, I need to remain in the driver's seat. And so do you if you are leading teams, if you're in that seat and then recognizing when someone is using it. So if you are getting a free gift from something, just realize that an ask is coming. Like have a feel for what the ask is and be prepared to say no if that's the right case. Human psychology is going to trigger in and you are going to feel compelled to follow through. But just understand why you're being compelled to follow through. Why that person's even asking you because they knew they already did something for you. So knowing that is a way of just being able to diffuse it and uh, be able to have agency going forward. Just be aware of that. And um, yeah, you're going to fall victim to it. We all do. And that's human nature. Recognizing that human nature and recognizing that is natural is really the first step. All right. Well, I hope this gave you some great ideas on how to use reciprocation within your teams, within your companies. Uh, There are numerous ways. And once you start to think about it through the the own framework of your own company, I'm sure you're going to come up with various ways that you can use. Um, What I like to do is I keep these rules kind of on my desk and I'm constantly thinking about different ways I can employ them. Uh, There's another set of skills I use called sleight of mouth. There's ways you can reword stuff back to your audience in order to, to move them forward. I do the same thing with the rules of influence where I do take a moment to consciously think about how I can trigger different rules in order to better lead and uh, inspire my team into action uh, so they're able to not only help the company but also feel like they're contributing and help us move forward. All right. Well, we'll continue this series tomorrow. I look forward to seeing you then. And in the meantime, operators, lead the way. Hey, before you bounce out of here, I have a free strategy session available exclusively for my podcast audience. In this 30-minute phone call, we'll unveil the immediate steps you can take to operationalize your business and put you back in the driver's seat. Just go to www.adamliette.com and click start here.